versus Cardo. Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of the Nigeria Football Weekly. Today's episode 9 um and Coincidentally, it's also my birthday, um, so hoping we could have a great episode. Um, on today's episode of the podcast, I'll be going through all the Super Eagles performances throughout Europe over the past week. And we got the list released for our AFCON qualifiers, so I'll be touching on our list for those games. And then finally, I'll be rounding up with the ones to watch for the weekend. Without any further ado, let's get into it. So starting with the Premier League and Kelechi Nacho and Wilfred Ndidi, uh, they've been flying the flag really really high for us recently um last week saturday um, they were in action against brighton kelechi and nacho scored another beautiful goal to equalize for leicester um so that was his second goal in two games um and it was a great finish to be honest very composed brilliant dropped the shoulder and also it was a great assist by um telemans for the goal um and i must add indeed he was kind of involved in the pre-assist for that goal as well um, so everything's looking good at Leicester at the moment. They ended up winning the game 2-1 with Daniel Amati scoring an 80, I think it was an 87th minute, an 87th minute header. So they won that one 2-1. They remain in third place, uh, just a point behind Manchester United. Um, and then also the next game over the weekend will be against Sheffield United. Uh, so that one's on Sunday at 2 p.m. To be honest, I'm so confident in Leicester's performance in this one that I've actually drafted Kilichi and Nacho into my fancy team, and I'm going to captain him. Uh, I, I know fancy people might shirk at that one, but I expect him to start with Madison still injured, and, and he's feeling himself at the moment, so I hope he could get another goal to add to his name. Yeah, um, Wilfred Ndidi was awesome as usual. Not much to say there. Just ticking along, always doing what needs to be done in the team. Uh, and then moving on to Everton and Alexi Wobi. Who they had an eventful game uh, last week Thursday. They picked up a one-nil victory over West Brom. So that was about eight days ago. He started that one and played 57 minutes. To be fair, he was fairly average in that one. And then Everton followed that up with a two-nil loss on Monday night against Chelsea. Uh, Jorginho scored a penalty, and uh, I think it was Ben Godfrey got an own goal in that one. Um, so we'll see how they go. I mean, with the Roby, I always expect him to pe- perform much better for the national team. Uh, so. We'll, we'll, we'll continue to monitor this space. But next up for him, though, tomorrow on Saturday, he's got Burnley uh, at home. Um, so hopefully he could get another game where he could start uh, and hopefully get an assist or some goal contribution in some form. Moving on to guys flying the flag for Nigeria very well at the moment as well. Uh, the Fulham boys, um, Ola I know and Josh Madger. Uh, they, <laughs> last week Thursday, initially they played Spurs. Uh, so they were unfortunate to lose that game 1-0 with an Adarboyo on goal. And Maja also got a goal disallowed in that one, which was annoying. Um, I believe I mentioned that in the last podcast, um, but just to refresh your minds. And then over the weekend, they went to Anfield. Guess what? They actually beat uh, Liverpool 1-0. Uh, the goal in that one was scored by Mario Lemina after a Mohamed Salah lapse in co- concentration, concentration, so to speak. Um, Mohamed Salah was pretty much locked off by Olayana for the majority of that game. Um, so a very impressive performance there from our boys. Maja 
was all right. I wouldn't say he had necessarily his best game in terms of creating chances, um, but continue to do well. At this rate, I can't see Fulham um, getting relegated, to be honest, guys. Um, when you look at their fixture list, they look like they have enough in them to be able to pull through. And Scott Parker definitely looks like he knows what he's doing. However, um, on Saturday, they've got Manchester City, so they'll probably take an L in that one. Although, with the way they defend, I wouldn't be surprised if they get a draw because they're at home in that fixture. And then finally, in terms of the Premier League boys, we got Simi Ajayi at West Brom. Um, his team have been action in the last two games against Everton and Newcastle on Sunday night. Um, he's actually lost his place, which is a shame. Um, ever since he got his silly red card against Burnley, he's been on the bench for these last two games. West Brom lost to Everton 1-1-0, and the Newcastle game was a drab 0-0 draw. Um, and also, um, I'll touch on the list soon, but Gwena Raw seems to be forgetting his position, which is a bit silly. Um, let's see if he could wrestle his way back into the team, though. Next up for West Brom um, is an away game against Wilfred Zaha and Crystal Palace tomorrow. So, yeah, all in all, a very good week for the Premier League contingent. Kelechi and Nacho is a man in fine form. Um, the Fulham boys continue to do well. It will be started um, both games, um, even though they lost to Chelsea. Um, apart from Semi Ajay, it's all looking pretty good. In terms of roundup of Premier League games since the pod, this is the last podcast, so to speak. Um, we've seen Liverpool play Chelsea. Mason Mount scored the winner in that one. And then subsequently on Saturday, um, Burnley were in action against my team, Arsenal. Another shocking performance from Arsenal with Granit Xhaka making a mistake in that one for um, Burnley's equaliser. Um, Sheffield United lost to Southampton 2-0. James Will Prowse with another goal in that one and Shea Adams. Aston Villa and Wolves played out a drab 0-0 draw. And then on Sunday, Manchester United, with probably the surprise um, result of the weekend, went to the Etihad and won 2-0. Luke Shaw scored a pretty good goal and Bruno Fernandes scored a penalty after about two minutes in that one. Thankfully, I had both of them in my fancy team, so I wasn't too pissed off about that one. Spurs beat Crystal Palace 4-1. Gareth Bale scored a brace, and Harry Kane scored a brace as well. And then on Monday night, West Ham beat Leeds 2-0. Jesse Lingard got in on the goals again. Uh, he missed his pen, but scored the rebound. And Craig Dawson scored a pretty impressive header in that one. There was one outstanding fixture uh, over this game week, uh, and that was Man City against Southampton. So that was played on Wednesday. Man City ran out comfortable, 5-2 winners in that one. De Bruyne and Mares both got braces in that one, and Gundogan scored well, while Prowse and Adams both scored as well. So um, they've scored in consecutive games, but very, very different scenario for the Southampton players. In terms of the Premier League, Man City continued to lead the table after 29 games with a 14-point lead, lead over Manchester United, who do have a game in hand. So it could be 11 points in reality. And then Leicester are one point behind Man United in third place with 53 points after 28 games played. And then Chelsea are further back in fourth with 50 points after 28 games. So three points behind Leicester. West Ham occupy the fifth position right now. Um, actually, West Ham are now fifth. Sorry, excuse me, with 51 points. Um, so in terms of the Premier League top four, still a lot to play for. We would probably expect Man City to run away with the league. Um, but in terms of every other position in the league, it's safe to say that you have about eight teams that can realistically still make the top four. Um, I'll probably, I that excludes Arsenal, by the way, because, um, the way our form's going, I would not expect that for any reason. Actually, point of correction, Chelsea are currently fourth with 50 points and West Ham are fifth with 48 points after 27 games. But they do have a game in hand. 
Um, and then Everton round up top six with 46 points, with Tottenham in seventh with 45, and then Liverpool in eighth place with 43 points, and Aston Villa in ninth place with 40. And then looking ahead of the game week, I mean, looking ahead to the weekend, um, the games we've got in store for everyone. Um, Leeds United are playing Chelsea um, in the early kickoff on Saturday, so that should be a tasty affair. And then Crystal Palace play West Brom. Um, I'd expect Wilfred Zaha to get back into um, relatively good form, considering how upset he was over um, the last game when they got pummeled by um, Tottenham. Everton play Burnley in the 5.30 kickoff, and then Fulham and Man City play the late kickoff at 8 p.m. Sunday, we've got four games as well. Southampton play Brighton at 12 noon, and then Leicester play Sheffield United at the King Power at 2 p.m. At 4.30, it's a North London derby, so Arsenal against Tottenham. Um, we'll see how that one goes, to be honest. I'm, I'm not confident, to say the least. Um, but at the same time, I'm not exactly worried about... Uh, we, we, we've, we haven't lost to Tottenham since at home since... I think it was when... Was it Eunice Kabul scored the winner in 2010? I think they've beaten us at home one time in 21 years, so... Even if Hurricane scores, I don't expect that to change um, anytime soon. So I just hope we could get a win in that one, considering Mourinho's record against us. And then Manchester United play West Ham um, in the late kickoff on Sunday. Jesse Lingard will be um, ineligible because he's on loan from United. And then on Monday, Wolverhampton play Liverpool at home to round off the fixtures. So yeah, that's it for the Premier League. And then moving on to Syria um, and starting with Golden Boy Victor Sime. He was in action on Sunday for his club side against Bologna. Uh, he came off the bench uh, and finally scored. So the game was tied 1-1 and it ended 3-1 to Napoli. Um, so um, very, very relieved to say the least. Um, good to see Osime get in, in on the action in terms of goal scoring. And that will only do his confidence a world of good, um, especially in the running, because they've now got three straight fixtures against all the big boys in Serie A, including a Sunday away game against AC Milan. So um, we'll be watching that one very, very carefully because hopefully if Asime could score in that one, that'll do his reputation a world of good. At the moment, Napoli uh, sixth, um, three points off top four, um, although they do have a game in hand. Um, so Asime could play a very, very big part in this one. To be honest with you, if I'm Napoli, I'm not sure if I'll, I want Asime coming back to Nigeria after what happened when he was last here. I know that's not what we want to hear, but It'll be one to watch. I'm sure they'll release him, but if they don't, I wouldn't be surprised considering we just need one point from um, both games. And Kelechi and Nacho and um, the rest should be able to at least get us a point from six. So we'll watch this space. Um, but anyway, AC Milan, that's a that's going to be an interesting fixture. Um, he could be up against Fikao Tamori and I hope he deals with him, to be honest. So yeah, keep riding on, Victor Sime. And then also in Serie A, speaking of great performances, Siminoanko has been absolutely shelling it, guys. Like <laughs> he, although his team are fairly rubbish, it's safe to say, uh, he just refuses to go down without a fight. So Siminoanko, um, his club side Crotone actually won their first game since the 17th of January over the weekend in a 4-2 win uh, over Torino. Simi scored a penalty in that one, so they won that game 4-2, um, and they remained last. Earlier today, so I'm recording this on Friday, um, they lost 3-2 to Lazio um, with Simino Arco scoring both goals for Cotone. Um, so they remain seven points adrift with 11 games to go. However, he's got 11 Serie A goals now and he's the highest scoring Nigerian striker in the top five leagues. 
So when you consider the list that was released recently, which I'll touch on, he's nowhere to be found there. But in terms of his performances, I mean, three goals in his last two games, you can't really argue with the stats, you know. So um, we'll keep monitoring Simi because I think he's got a very, very big shout to be called up for the national team very, very soon. And you'd like to think that whatever happens with Cotone, he should be able to secure himself a move to remain in um, Serie A. So yeah, great, great, great performances from Simi Norco recently. And then moving on to La Liga and Samuel Chiquese. Um, last week, Friday, they were in action against Valencia. Um, they lost 2-1 in dramatic fashion. They were winning that game 1-0 up until the 86th minute. And then they managed to lose the game in extra time. So yeah, it was very, very shambolic for Villarreal over the weekend in La Liga. However, um, they did bounce back in the Europa League on Thursday night, um, winning their first leg of their round of 16 tie against Dynamo Kiev 2-0. Um, Chukweze started this game actually and played 84 minutes. Um, I don't know whether he, he looked like he was impressive, at least from his rating, but um, I must confess I didn't watch that one. Um, but next up for Chukweze and Villarreal, they're up against Ibar on Sunday. Um, so we'll see if he could get a, a goal contribution because it's just encouraging to see him starting all the time for Villarreal. They're still pushing for a Champions League spot. And it seems like that operation was really the game changer for Chukweze and his form. So, yeah, moving on to League One. And I only always start with Terra Murphy as usual. Um, over the weekend, his club side were in action in the French Cup or the Coupe de France, as it's called. Um, and they lost 1-0 to... Actually, they shockingly lost to a team called Le Puy. I believe they're in the second or third division of the French um, footballing tree. Um, but we'll see if they can bounce back over the weekend because next up for them, they're playing Nice on Sunday. Um, they're currently only two points safe um, in terms of the relegation zone. Um, so it's safe to say they need to Murphy back in on the goals. Um, it's a bit disappointing to see him on the standby list for Nigeria, um, but I'll touch on that one later anyway. And then Moses Simon was in action for FC Nantes. Um, they lost 2-1 at home to Reim to remain 19th and three points off safety. Um, Moses Simon did play 81 minutes in this one, um, but it doesn't get any easier for his club side because they're playing PSG on Sunday. And I believe they're going to be the away team in that one. So um, good luck, Moses Simon. And then moving on to Samuel Kalu at FC Bordeaux. He hasn't played since... Um, the, their club side have not played since the 3rd of March, so to speak. Um, so he's been able to rest up. I think their last League One tie got postponed. Um, but next up for him on Sunday... Um, they're away against Dijon, so we'll see if he could get himself um, in on the action in that one. And then moving on to the Bundesliga, uh, starting with Taiwo Awoni. Um, he's still yet to return from injury. His club side were in action against Armenia Bielefeld on Sunday. Um, they drew that one 0-0. Um, next up for them on Saturday, they're in action against FC Cologne, who've got quite a, fair, a few Nigerians in that one. Um, but I believe Awoni's still injured, um, so um, I wouldn't expect him to play in that one. Akpoguma, on the other hand, for Hoffenheim, um, he's, I know he's in training, still yet to play since his injury, which has kept him sidelined for almost two months. Um, however, his club side did win 2-1 against Wolfsburg on Saturday to climb to 11th place in the Bundesliga. And then on Sunday, they're up against Duttgart. Um, we'll monitor this one to just see if Akpoguma gets any minutes. I'm not sure if he's close to even being on the pitch or, you know, being a substitute. Um, but I know he's back in training, so that's all I can report for now. And then finally, in terms of the Bundesliga, we got Emmanuel Dennis, Kingsley Hezeboy, Antolo Rokadare, who play for FC Cologne. Um, they were last in action on Sunday against Werder Bremen. 
um, and they drew this one 1-1. One, one. Um, the only person who played this game was actually my old Dennis, who played 27 minutes. But it was a telling contribution because he laid on the assist for his club to equalize in this one. Um, Ezeboy did not play this game and Toloro Kodari was not in the squad either. Um, but next up for them, they're in action against Union Berlin on Saturday. Um, so we'll see if any of them gets, could even start the game, so to speak. And yeah, that's it for the top five leagues. Moving swiftly on to the Portuguese league and starting with Zedu Sanusi and Porto, uh, he's probably the most high-profile Super Eagle in the world in terms of playing in the Champions League right now. Uh, so his club side FC Porto were initially in action over the weekend against Gio Vicente. Sanusi did not feature in this game and Porto won that one 2-0. He was probably being rested for their Champions League game, which unless you've been living under a rock, you're definitely aware of if you're listening to this podcast. Porto were in action against Juventus on Tuesday in one of those games that just reminds us all of why we love football, if you know what I mean. I mean, it was an epic 4-4 away goals after extra time win against Juventus. On the day, Juventus did win the game 3-2, but Porto won to get the tie 4-4 um, because of their away goals. Um, after 90 minutes, the, the game was actually tied 2-1 which meant that it was so finely poised and they had to go into extra time. Sanusi actually came off after, let me remind myself about when he came off. I think he came off in the 80th minute or sometime earlier. Yeah, 71st minute. So he came off for uh, Luis Diaz, who they needed just an outlet counter-attack. So I wouldn't say it was a reflection on his performance because he was all right. I mean, they had to play with 10 men pretty much from the 54th minute of this match. Um, Sergio Oliveira scored a penalty initially to um, give them the lead. And then Federico Chiesa was unbelievable in this match. Uh, he scored two goals. And then, just when we thought the game was headed into penalties, in the, 100, in the 115th minute, so five minutes before the game ended, Sergio Oliveira popped up with what can only be described as a worldie of a free kick. If you haven't seen it, you have to go and check it out. Like He lashed his ball out from at least 40 yards easily and it <laughs> i mean chesney got a hand to it but it was really, really it was just a hot shot to be fair um it went through ronaldo's legs though i must add um which was interesting although adrian rabio did score ahead of two minutes after in the 117th minute um to keep things quite techy just a word of praise for pepe man pepe was unbelievable in this match guys like he was just phenomenal he was everywhere he blocked everything and their goalkeeper was awesome as well, actually, Marcus In. I'm not sure where he's from. But anyway, shout out to Zedu Sanusi and shout out to Porto. Flying the flag for the Super Eagles. Um, they march on to the quarterfinals. Um, and their next match is on Sunday night at home to Pacos Ferreira. So um, hopefully they, kick up, they could keep up their good form. At this point, I don't really think they're too bothered about how they perform in the league, considering how they're doing in the Champions League. They'll probably just hope to finish second, which will still... Um, keep them in the Champions League qualification spots um, and ride it out. Um, but yeah, one hell of a performance. Definitely one for the books and one that will be remembered for time. And yeah, it makes it three consecutive seasons where Ronaldo has gone out to teams that you would expect Juventus to beat. But that's why we love football. You can never ever predict what's going to happen. And then moving on to other players in the Portuguese league, starting with Chido Ziawazian. 
Chidoze Chido Awazi was in action against um, Famalicao on Saturday. Um, his club side, Boavista, won that match 3-0. Awaziem actually got an assist for the first goal in that match. And they're now two points safe from the relegation zone in 14th position, um, which is quite good to see considering how um, they've been in the relegation zone pretty much the entire season. Um, but it was close enough that a good run of fixtures would always have led to this position. And so it's good to see them pull themselves out. Um, however, though, um, things get difficult for them. The next game is away against Benfica on Saturday. Um, so that'll be a tricky one, even though Benfica are starting this season. And then also we got Mikel Agu at Vitoria Gumeres. Um, His club side were in action on Tuesday and lost 3-0 away to Braga. And Braga are one of the better sides in the Portuguese league, to be fair. Um, but Agu came on for the last 30 minutes in that one. Um, he's been out for a while, so I guess they're still getting him back up to peak fitness. Next up for them, though, Sunday, they're in action against Gil Vicente, who um, lost to FC Porto last weekend. And then moving on to the Scottish Premiership, we've actually got a lot of good news to celebrate in this one. Leon Balogo and Joe Aribo were in action against St. Mirren on Saturday. Um, Balogo was on the bench, but he came on for the last 32 minutes of this one. Aribo was impressive again and played the entire 19 minutes. They did win this game 3-0. Um, they actually secured the league on Sunday, the league title on Sunday after Celtic drew 0-0 um, in their tie. Uh, to be fair to Celtic, they did everything to try and score. <laughs> to, but when it's your time, it's your time. And Rangers have now won their 55th Scottish title and their first in 10 years. Um, so this is quite significant when you look at how well they've romped to the title. Yes, we could say it's a Scottish league, but They've literally drawn four games and won every single other game they've played. They've conceded nine goals after 32 games, which is just frankly ridiculous. And they're on course to match the permit, the um, points record of 106 points. So everything is just going swimmingly well in the blue side of Glasgow. Uh, and Aribo, I just love the fact that Aribo and Balogo are playing fairly significant parts, especially Aribo, to be fair. Um, also, they did follow this up on Thursday night. So yesterday, they were in action in the, in the Europa League round of 16 against Slavia Prague, who've got the Nigerian Peter Alayinka. Um, They drew this one 1-1 away, um, so they got a crucial away goal. Aribo played 81 minutes in this one, and Leon Balogun was suspended because of um, accumulating too many yellows from the previous um, tie. Um, next up for them, um, they actually don't have a game this weekend, so they get to just rest up and prep for the second leg of this tie. Um, so that should stand them in good stead. And then they'll be playing in the old firm derby against Celtic, um, who I'm sure to match the record, they'll just love to rub it in their faces um, for that one. So yeah, that's the Scottish Premiership. And then moving on to the Dutch Eredivisie, we got Tyrone uh in action. He was in action on Saturday against Willem Vai. Uh, he started the game and played 66 minutes. He's always playing for his team. I mean, he's just impressive, as I continue to say. However, though, Twente did draw for the third game running. This time it was 1-1. Um, but their next in action against AZ Alkmaar uh, tomorrow on Saturday. So hopefully they could get a win. Although this is an away game, so that's going to be tricky. And then moving on to Super Eagles number one, Maruka Okoye. Uh, he was in action initially uh, last week Friday against MN. Uh, he made a couple of great saves, but Sparta were unfortunate to concede a last-minute penalty uh, in the sixth minute of added time, actually. Um, so that was very, very unfortunate. However, on Tuesday, Marika Okoye probably had one of his most, more impressive performances of the season for his club side. Um, they were in action away to VVV Venlo, um, and he kept the clean sheet in a 1-0 win. 
taking them to the 12th position in the league. He made four saves and was his team's best player, um, judging by their ratings. And um, a lot of his saves were in action. And, um, I mean, we're all over social media. And you could tell that his club were very, very grateful for his performance. So that was really, really, really positive to see. And then moving on to the championship, where we start with Super Eagles vice captain, William Chust Ekong. He was in action on Saturday against Nottingham Forest. Um, kept another clean sheet in Watford's 1-0 victory. They're literally flying so high at the moment. They're second in the championship, even though they've played two more games compared to Swansea, who's sitting third. Um, but all the omens point to them getting promoted alongside Norwich. Next up for them on Saturday, they're playing Cardiff City. Uh, so that should be an interesting one. And hopefully they could continue their great run of form. And then now to report on Michael Elise, who, when I touch on the squads, you know why, but in very, very, very fantastic news and probably one of the main highlights from the squad announcements, Michael Elise is going to play for Nigeria. Halla fucking Luya, excuse me for swearing, but that is just brilliant news when you consider all the kind of things we have to deal with. But I'll touch on that later anyway. But Michael Elise and Ovia Jara were in action against Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday. Jara did not play this one, actually, forgive me. Um, but Michael Elise did play its two minutes um, in the camp position, central attacking midfielder. Um, so um, that tells you another, that's another reason why I'm very, very excited about his prospects because that's a position you could say we were lacking a little bit in terms of options. So to get someone of his caliber, and he's very, very highly rated all over England, trust me, guys. In fact, I didn't even know we had a sniff at getting him. So to see him on the list, annoyingly, they put him on the standby list, which is just poor planning because just call the guy up and give him a cap for fuck's sake. Like, what the hell do you think this is? Don't you think England or France call him up whenever they like if Reading get promoted? Um, yeah, speaking of that, Reading are actually in the um, um, playoff haunt. So they're fifth at the moment. Um, so that means that they could be in the playoffs um, to get promoted. And their, their prospects look good, to be fair. So um, I'll watch this space. Um, but great to see Michael Olise commit. Um, and they were in action against Sheffield. They won that one 3-0, as I mentioned. But they're next up against Nottingham Forest tomorrow. Um, so we'll see if they can build on that um, strong performance. And then former Super Eagles captain John Mikel Obi was in action against Wickham Wanderers. Wickham are actually the bottom side in the division. So Stoke won comfortably 2-0. Mikel played all 90 minutes. And next up for him, they're in action against Middlesbrough on Saturday. And then moving on to the Spanish Segunda, I've bumped them up simply because um, it looks like Grenoble Raw seems to like picking players from the second division of the Spanish league, annoyingly. But anyway, speaking of good performances, we got Umar Sadiq uh, in action for Almeria. Um, he scored yet again for his club side in an away win against Girona. Um, Girona actually got relegated from La Liga last year and they're struggling massively in the Segunda. Sadiq is, to be fair to him, he's got, he's on a great run of form. I think he's got 15 league goals now. Um, and his club side are now second, so they're looking good for promotion back into La Liga. Next up for him, though, they're playing Alcoron, um, who ironically have um, Kelechi Nwakali. Um, so we'll see um, how Omar Sadiq can get on in that one. He was called up for the national team, so um, that's positive news for him. And we hope he can make a good contribution in that one. And then Kenneth Mero, another player who was caught up, even though um not sure he necessarily should be. Um, but anyway, I guess the experience factor counts. He was in action against, he was suspended actually, um, but his club side were in action against Castellon uh, after he accumulated too many yellow cards, but they drew that one nil-nil. Um, but he should be back in action on Sunday in their fixture against Real Oviedo. 
And then moving on to the Czech League, where you've got Peter Alainka, um, one of the players who was put, he was added to the standby list, which was frankly ridiculous when you consider how great his team are playing, both in their domestic league and the Europa League, and how well he's actually contributing to those performances. Um, he could probably count himself very, very um, harshly outdone in this situation, um, so to speak. Um, but he was in action on Sunday for his club side. Um, they won 2-1 against Banik Ostrava. Uh, forgive me if for pronouncing that wrongly if anyone from the Czech Republic ever listens to this. Peter Alanka played 73 minutes. And then, actually, he was in action against Rangers in the Europa League um, in a 1-1 draw. Uh, and he got the assist for Slavia Prague's goal. Um, so, things are looking very, 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 very good for Peter Alanka, to be fair. And... Um, I'd expect him to get himself a big move either in this summer or subsequently over the next window, maybe in January or um, next summer, maybe in the run-up to the World Cup. But watch this space because he's doing really, really, really well. And I think he deserves a call-up and he could find it. He could really cut himself to be very unfortunate. Moving on to the Turkish League, we got Hermione Yekuru and Peter Tebo at Galatasaray. Um, they were in action on Sunday against Sivaspor. Uh, Henry Oyekuru played 78 minutes in this one. Galatasaray drew that match 2-2. Etebo did not play. He was left on the bench for this one. Um, but they remained top of the league um, with a two-point lead over Besiktas and Fenerbahce. Next up for them tomorrow, they're in action against Kasseri Spor. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how they get on in that one. Oyekuru started his loan spell quite brightly, but he started off a little bit in recent games. But hopefully he could just pick his form up a little bit. He's another person who's added to the standby list, which is just annoying. Um, but yeah, we just hope they continue to perform well in that one. And then Bright Osai Samuel at Fenerbahce. He was in action on Thursday, the 4th of March. So last week, Thursday, um, where they drew 1-1 to Antalya Spur. And then on Tuesday, he actually scored in a 3-0 win for them against Kunia Spur. So they remain third, two points off Galatasaray, as I just mentioned. Next up for them on Sunday, they're in action against Genser Bigli. Sorry if I pronounced that wrongly. And then Azubike Okechuku for Istanbul Basakshir. He's not featured in their squads in recent games. I'm not sure why. We can't really tell if he's injured, um, but he did not play in their last two games. But we'll see if he's in action as they're currently playing um, Besiktas. Uh, I'll move on, but I'll probably um, just see if I could check in the background to see if he got any action in that one because um, they played Besiktas earlier today. Or it might still be going on. Uh, just bear with me one second while I look that up. Because um, he's one of those players that, to be fair, I wanted to see him caught up for the Eagles just because I think when you think of what he could bring and the fact that he's got um, previous appearances at youth level, I was just trying to see if we could get somebody to challenge the Atebos and your Ndidis and your Aribos because I think that's a position where we're lacking significantly. Um, I can confirm that they did lose that game 3-2. Um, I've just seen the result. They lost 3-2 to Besiktas. Uh, honestly, they're just a shocking team right now, it's, it's safe to say. Um, Azubike did not play in this one as well. Um, and we can't tell if he was injured as well. So I'm not sure what's going on in that one. But if anyone knows, please get in touch and let us know. And then moving on to the um, Jupiter League, Belgian League. With, um, Paulo Onuachu. Uh, Super Eagle striker. Uh, he was actually put on the standby list, which, as far as I'm concerned, is just a disrespect to his performances in the league this season for his club side. 
He was in action for his club side over the weekend against Secular Bruges on Sunday. Played 65 minutes and scored another goal. His 25th goal in 29 league games. And somehow Gennaro deems that to not be good enough to call him up. Like that's not a reflection of Gennaro's poor coaching if he can't get the best out of Onuachu. I mean, a man scores 25 goals and can't get caught up. Are you kidding me? And you call up Sadiq Uma, I was playing in the second division, and he scored 15 goals. Like, what are we playing at, guys? Come on. I, if I'm Onuachu, I'm, I'll be livid, to be fair. Um, but anyway, he did all right in that one. Um, they eventually won that game 2-0. Um, and then next up for them, um, they're in action against Anderlecht in the Belgian Cup on Sunday. And then they'll play Standard Liège next week, Friday. So speaking of Anderlecht, um, they have Paul Mukairo. So he'll be in action against um, Genk. And, and then he'll play Soto Waragam next week, Sunday. In terms of his recent performances, he was in action on Sunday against KV Mechelen. And he played 70 minutes in a 1-1 draw. Moving on to the Russian League, Chidera Ejike was in action against Akmat Grozny on Saturday. He played 70 minutes while CSK won this tie 2-0. Next up for them, they're playing Arsenal Tula tomorrow. Um, so good to see Ejike back in the starting lineup. Um, he wasn't caught up for the Super Eagles, um, which um, I'm not necessarily surprised, but I think is a bit shocking because when you consider his career trajectory and where he could go and the fact that he's fleet-footed and, you know, I think he adds a bit to the lineup compared to just calling up Moses Simon or Samuel Kalu who play for teams in the bottom divisions. I mean, in the bottom league for League One or in the doldrums of League One, so to speak. And then lastly, in terms of Premier League players, we got Atiem Wen EIE Believe, who plays for Dynamo Zagreb, um, one of the best teams in the Croatian League and oh, actually still in the Europa League. So on Sunday, he came on in the 84th minute in a win against HNK Rijeka. They won that one 2-0. And then yesterday, they lost 2-0 away to Tottenham Hotspur in the Europa League round of 16. He came on in the 64th minute um, but was not able to help them get an away goal to, you know, just make this tie a bit more interesting. But in terms of league games, next up for them, they're in action on Sunday against NK Varazdin. Speaking of Star Wars Eagles of the Week, um, great to see Kelechi and Acho score a goal. Great to see Osime score a goal. Great to see Simino Anko score three goals. Great to see Polo Noachu score a goal. A lot of our strikers are doing their thing, man. Like, there's nothing for us to complain about there. But you play football to win titles and achieve great milestones. So I want to shout out Zaydu Sanusi for Porto um, moving on to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. A lot of people underrated them and continue to underrate them. You, I heard Joe Cole say on BT Sport, oh, people would love to face them, which is just ridiculous when you consider how well they've played in these um, two games against Juventus. Um, so shout out to you, Zaydu Sanusi. And also, Star Boys of the Week, it's only right that I shout out Joe Aribo and Leon Balogu. They were exceptional for their club side, and they've become league champions. You play football to win medals, to get some ice, and to see them get some ice is just fantastic news, guys. So, yeah, shout out to Sanusi, Joe Aribo, and Leon Balogu, who are our co-Star Boy Eagles of the Week. And then when I get back, I'll be touching on the Super Eagles list that's just been released and then wrap it up with the games for everybody to watch ahead of the weekend. So just to round up, we've got to look at the squad that was released for the Nigeria AFCON qualification games against Benin and Lesotho. 
which will be happening on the 27th of March um, and the 30th of March, I believe. So just in over two weeks from today, uh, on Saturday. So the Benin game would be away. Um, that's the first fixture. And then the Lesotho game will be in Lagos and will be Nigeria's first game in um, Lagos in, I think, almost 20 years, pretty much. So I'll start with all the categories and just give you my initial thoughts. I don't want to bore you guys too much with everything I think about <laughs> the squad list because, as they say, get us who beat. But yeah, starting with the goalkeepers, um, nothing too surprising there, um, to be honest with you. Madika Okri is Nigeria's number one goalkeeper, as I've said numerous times on this platform. I think Uzoho is um, night and day number two as well. So the only point of contention or where there would have been any changes, so to speak, would have been with the third choice goalkeeper. Daniel Akbayi was initially the third choice, um, but he's been replaced by Jordan Noble. Um, Jordan Noble is a goalkeeper who plays in the Nigerian Professional League. Um, I believe he plays for Aimba. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but it might be Aba FC, but I'm pretty sure it's Aimba FC. John Noble, sorry, not Jordan Noble. So he's a 27-year-old goalkeeper. I actually thought he'd be younger. But I heard they signed him on a three-year deal from a club in... Um, was it Togo? I think he might have previously played in Togo before. Um, so yeah, that's a very interesting one, safe to say. Um, he must be doing something well to be fair for his club side. Um, he played in um for a club side called ASCK Kara in the CAF Champions League last season. Um, it seems like he's quite highly rated to be fair, so we'll see how he does. We won't expect him to get any minutes on the pitch to be fair. Um, but I'm guessing it's just a chance for Roto to have a better look at him considering his age compared to Akbei. Um, I know another goalkeeper was called up. I think his name's Adeleke. Um, I don't know much about him, to be honest, so I'm not even going to bore you. But I mean, he wasn't called up. He was added to the standby list. So um, just a, one for, a word for everyone. And then looking at the, the defenders, in terms of our fullbacks, we've got Sanusi, Ola know. Tarane Buehi and Jamilu Collins. To be fair to you guys, I'm not sure I would have changed too much there. I wouldn't have called up Jamilu Collins personally. Maybe I would have given that spot to a Kingsley Hizboy or just accept that um, issue. Abdullah could play there, for example, and use that opportunity to bring in another centre-back. Um, but that's just my thoughts. But all in all, I don't expect Collins to start anyway. I think um, Sanusi is definitely our established left-back and I'll expect I not to start considering his great form for Fulham in recent games. And Ebue could also start, to be fair, but we'll see what happens with that one. So not too many complaints on that front. In terms of centre-backs, um, the four people on the list are Ekong, Balogun, Omero, and Awaziem, and Semi Ajayi. I don't buy this bullshit that Nigeria keep doing of putting Semi Ajayi in the midfield list. Semi Ajayi is a centre-back, and he's better than Omero and Awaziem as far as I'm concerned. So I don't know what games they keep playing with this centre-back sports. It's almost like they keep trying to shoehorn Omero or Awaziem. I've got nothing against them. Like I said, I think Awaziem probably gets caught up because of what he does for the morale of the team as well. And to be fair, his, team, his club side are not great, but he's doing okay. So I guess if he's a squad player, then I have no qualms about that. Omero as well, I think they call him up because of, of his experience. You know how Nigeria are with all this age stuff. So, you know. That's why I think he was caught up. I would still be doing everything I can if I was the NFF to convince someone like Tosia Darabayo to come and play for the Eagles, to be honest. Like, six for five, 
can play on the left side of the defense. Um, you know, mobile, can pass a ball, can play out from the back, is also good in the air. Everything you are from center back, pretty much. Um, so he's one to watch. But for now, I guess no complaints. But you'd expect Ekon Gambalo good to start out of those four anyway. And they've been the most established pair for the Super Eagles in recent times anyway. So not too many complaints on that one. Um, and we have the wings, um, the fullbacks to complement them anyway in terms of performance. Moving on to the midfield, we've got Ndidi, Etebo, Abdullah, and Jaribo. I don't buy all this putting Semi Ajay in here. Um, not many surprises there in terms of Ndidi, Etebo, and Aribo. We know Ndidi and Aribo are the starters and would expect them to start in two in midfield. Um, Etebo might play if um, Raw's feeling... Um, interesting or experimental in terms of playing Aribo further up the pitch. But from all the recent Super Eagles games, um, I'm fairly certain we'll see Ndidi and Aribo partner each other in the midfield. Abdullah is doing okay for his team in the Cypriot League. They're top of the league, but it is the Cypriot League, so you can't really read too much into that. Atebo's been playing quite a fair few games for Galatasaray, who are top of the Turkish League, even though he didn't start their last game. So, you know, he's doing okay. You would have liked to see maybe a, I don't know a Zubike or uh, Oyeka also added to the list just to give more variety in that position, especially when you consider the fact that someone like Olise was not called up. And then moving on to the forwards, we've got Simon Iwobi, Kalu, Osime, Iannacho, Chikweze, and Sadikuma. They put Ahmed Musa on this list for some stupid reason, which I don't understand, and they claim. And the next day, Gunnarok clarified he's a non-playing captain. Like, why would you call him up? He's, 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 he's clubless right now. So you're just paying him to be around in COVID times. Is that like smart use of resources? And stand all this whole respect thing and captain thing. And look, we're, we're grateful for Musa. He scored the most goals for Nigeria in the World Cup. And he's been a great servant for the Eagles. But call him up when he deserves to be called up. Don't do any of this nonsense of non-playing captain. Like, what the hell? But yeah, I mean, those are the kind of things that never surprise us about Nigeria anyway. And it's why we keep lamenting when the Sakas and Ezes keep giving us, you know, Ella, so to speak. But yeah, I thought that was ridiculous to put Musa on the list, even if you say he's not playing, no matter what the indication is. And in terms of wingers and central attacking midfielders, uh, Iwobi is pretty much the only person who could play as a central attacking midfielder in this um, form, in this list which is why I'm just baffled why they would call up Michael Olise to put on the standby list. Michael Olise is eligible to play for France and England, and he's very, very highly rated. And they're putting him on standby list when he's given an indication he wants to play for Nigeria. That just makes no sense to me, especially when, when you consider his age and his ceiling and just how high, how good he could become. It's ridiculous to have him on standby list when you have people like Samuel Kalu and Moses Simon, who, no offense to them, uh, okay players they're okay players but their teams are not doing that great for them to be you know in the list ahead of someone with that kind of potential or uh, or a Peter Lainka for example Peter Lainka should be very very annoyed in my opinion to not be in this list considering how well his team are doing in the Europa League as well as in their club um, um, league so um, that's a very interesting one there and I mean at this point could we trust what Ross says in terms of these decisions. Um, but that's a contentious one for me anyway. And then finally, in terms of strikers, we've got Victor Sime, Kelechi Enacho, and Sadikuma. As expected, 
Victor Simeon and Kelechi and Nacho are the automatics in the national team for obvious reasons. They've been there, they've done that. Osima is the golden boy. He scores all the goals at the moment. He's our top goal scorer in the AFCON qualifier. Kelechi and Nacho has been playing for the Super Eagles for at least five years. Played a pivotal role in terms of us qualifying for the World Cup. Always pops up with goals whenever we need. And he's having a bit of a resurgence at Leicester at the moment. So there's no way he was missing out. Now, Sadikuma, I have nothing against Sadikuma. I think he's a great player and he's earned his stripes in terms of playing for the Olympic team or the under-23 teams. But for him to be in this list ahead of Paul Onuachu and Terry Murphy is just sad, in my opinion. Like, that's just not fair. You can't tell me, like, Murphy scoring almost 10 league on goals for a team like Lorient does not deserve a place ahead of Sadikuma. And Paul Onuachu has got 25 goals in 29 games to not be on this list. That has to hurt, like, by any indication, any way you slice the bread, that has to piss him off. But, yeah, that's how it goes with the Eagles. As long as they win the games, to be honest, I've got no qualms. I don't think any of these decisions really affect the starting lineup. Um, although, I would say Olayinka could have had a good chance of starting on the left wing. In terms of omissions, though, um, interestingly, it's interesting to see that AGK was not called up. Um, so, he's... As I mentioned, the Russian League just got back into their calendar about two or three weeks ago. So maybe that's counted against him. And it's not like he's been playing amazingly well anyway. Um, although in his last game, he did play 70 minutes and play fairly okay. So I guess that's an interesting one to look out for with Educate because I thought he was someone who could really have a future and push on for the Super Eagles. Uh, but it looks like at the moment, we've got to put that those thoughts on ice, so to speak. So yeah. That's it in terms of the Super Eagles team. I, I hope to stop seeing Semi Ajayi being listed as a midfielder. I don't understand it. Um, and also, me in particular, I have an issue with standby lists. I don't get it. You don't hear anybody announce standby lists. I mean, they do it sometimes for World Cups, but not for qualifiers. Like, if someone's on standby, keep that to yourself. And if 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 someone gets injured, then call them up. I don't see what good you're doing those players. Turn them down on the standby list. Is that supposed to make them feel any better? Uh, but anyway... That's just how things go sometimes. And in terms of ones to watch, just to round up the podcast, um, Kelechi and Nacho is in action against Sheffield United tomorrow. I mean, on Sunday, um, 2 p.m. kickoff. He's one I'm desperate to see him do well. I've captained him in my FPL, and I think he could, if he could score three goals for the third consecutive game, so to speak, that would just be amazing for his confidence and his career. Um, Josh Madger as well. He's in action against Manchester City. Um, so that'll be interesting considering his goal got chucked off against Liverpool and he's still on two goals from his first start. Um, so he'll be keen to get on the score sheet in that one. Victor Sima is an action away to AC Milan in a top of the table clash between Milan and Napoli. Um, that one, Milan have started over the past few weeks. So that's pretty much a tie for a battle for the top four. Um, and hopefully Osime could add to his goal. He scored against Bologna last weekend. Samuel Chukweze is in action against Ibar. I mentioned this one because I'm hoping he could get some goal contributions in this game. A goal or, or an assist or even both would be nice. Um, and I think he has a very, very good chance considering how much more Unai Emery is trusting him in terms of playing him and giving him minutes ever since he did his operation. Terry Murphy as well is in action against Nice. So hopefully um, he could get himself back in on the goals. Um, he's not scored in two or three games um, and also, they're still just two points above the relegation zone. So it's safe to say things are tight and very, very prickly. Um, so, yeah, we do wish all our Super Eagles players all the best. And we'll be 
back again next week to round up all the fixtures over the weekend and the midweek. Um, if you got any questions, as usual, please get in touch on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Gmail. On Instagram, you can hit us at Nigeria Football Weekly. On Facebook, Nigeria Football Weekly as well. On Twitter, it's at NFWPod, N-F-W-P-O-D. Feel free, if you have anything you want to talk about, to use the hashtag slash Nigeria Football Weekly, um, just so we could get the conversations going. Also, if for any reason you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, I would really, really appreciate if you like what you hear to please give us a review. It just helps us with our visibility and to help other people um, get a chance to see the podcast whenever they search for a football podcast or things um, around football. So shout out to all our new followers and all our social media platforms. Um, things are going to get busy with all the upcoming games, um, which is exciting. Uh, also, uh, I hope everybody has a great weekend and evening. Uh, it's my birthday, so I'm going to be drinking and definitely having a good time. Um, so, yeah, thanks again for your time, guys, and see you next time. Take care.